Hey everyone, and welcome, or welcome back maybe, to The Sheet. So, this week on The Sheet, we're going to be covering all the biggest announcements and reveals from this year's Naughty Free Showcase, in the only way we know how, the lightning round. But before we get to that, we should probably say who we are. So, I am Andy Wood, and I am a games developer. And I'm Josh Stimson, and I'm a journalist. Yeah, and you, uh, you might know us from our previous podcast, uh, Beat the Sheet, an Xbox Game Pass challenge. Uh, that was a podcast where we made the incredibly foolish decision to try and complete every single game that came to Xbox Game Pass, which was obviously an impossible task and uh, proved one so intense that we uh, kind of had to just run away from podcasting altogether. It was quite simply the worst 18 months of my life. <laughs> worst and best, Josh. Worst and best. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but now we are back. Now we are doing the sheet. So uh, so yeah, so what is the sheet going to be? What are we doing here? So our idea with the sheet basically is that this is going to be a place for us to do all of the fun parts of our old podcast, Beat the Sheet, but without all of the miserable, insane challenge of trying to actually, you know, do an impossible task of beating all those games. So what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be doing lightning rounds like today uh, for all of the major showcase events that happen throughout the year. Uh, we're going to be doing a Game of the Year check-ins and uh, award shows. So we'll be handing out awards to to games and game developers for whatever awards we managed to come up with at the time. Uh, we're also going to be doing our big ranking specials. So on our other podcasts, we've ranked things from all the Sonic games that have ever been made to all the Bethesda games that have ever been made. Uh, we're going to be doing those kind of specials when we have a good idea for them and also contests. So uh, yeah, whenever we get an idea for a contest we can do, like uh, we had a spookiest game contest before or we had a character contest where characters battled to decide who was the best character in our nonsensical logic. And uh, yeah, we'll be doing some of those too. So if you want us to rank every single Mario game ever created, we won't do that because that's psychopathic, but everything else is on the table. <laughs> Absolutely. So in terms of when the episodes are going to be coming out, um, yeah, that's that's a bit of a tricky one at the moment. Uh, I would say if you want to know when our episodes are coming out, the best thing to do is follow us on Twitter at uh, BeatTheSheet, because uh, at the moment we're kind of just going to be doing this as and when we feel like there's a great idea for an episode that we want to do. Uh, obviously the format as well will be... Um, yeah, not the format. Obviously the timeline as well will be affected by things such as game showcases. As I said, we are looking to be doing those. So uh, if one of those is coming up, there's a good bet we might be coming back. Um, but other than that, it's just going to be, you know, if we have a good idea, we have a fun idea, we're going to come on, record that, get that out onto the feed. So uh, so yeah, do follow us on Twitter and you should be able to stay up to date with what we're doing. In the words of Xbox Game Studios title, Clockwork Revolution, in due time is when you'll <laughs> see the next episode of this podcast. Exactly. Right then, well anyway, let's get to what we're doing today. So today we are doing one of our, uh, I was going to say famous, but you know, probably not that famous, but we're doing a lightning round. And you might be wondering what a lightning round is. So this is our quickfire way of covering things like these showcases. And the way we do this is we give ourselves just a single minute to talk about every individual game that comes up on the show, no matter how big it is or small it is. It gets one minute, so it doesn't matter if you're a one-hour Starfield Direct, that is all you got. You may also be wondering which shows we'll be covering on this particular lightning round special, because Summer Games Fest is a large and sprawling beast, comprised of many shows, some great, some the future game show. 
So <laughs> what we've decided to do is to break it down into the four major kind of publisher shows, which was Summer Games Fest, Ubisoft Forward, the Capcom Showcase, and the Xbox Showcase. There'll be some caveats to what we actually feature. We're not going to do updates to already released games, so I'm sorry. Fallout 76, for example, The Elder Scrolls Online. You already exist. What more can we possibly add to you? We're not going to cover mobile games because why the fuck would we? And we're also not going to talk about TV shows. Well, at least we're not going to talk about TV shows within the lightning round. Don't worry, Twisted Metal. I'm getting to you. One final other point to make is that certain games were across both shows. For example, Prince of Persia was announced at Summer Games Fest, but also focused on in Ubisoft Forward. We're going to give them to the publishers themselves to, you know, bolster their libraries. Otherwise, what even would Capcom have <laughs> if we did not give it Kudi Tsugami? So if you're wondering where those are, we'll get to them. Don't worry about it. They're coming. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so before we get into the lightning round, before we start that up, um, I guess we'll take a quick moment, Josh, to cover everything else that happened this week. Obviously, it's been a gigantic week full of reveals. I, I think I saw a, an article somewhere that said there was over 400 game announcements in the last week, which is absolutely insane. So yeah, just just let us touch in and you know see if there's anything from the other shows. You know, is there anything from the smaller um, directs? You know, Daily Devs, Devolver Digital, Grasshopper. Anything you saw that particularly stood out to you in those? Well, let me touch in on Day of the Devs, which is quite frequently the actual highlight of this season. You know, Tim Schafer and Double Fine's indie showcase, as it were, is an incredibly charming watch. And if you haven't had the time to check it out for the hour that it runs, I would highly recommend it. In terms of games which were announced there, which I thought looked exciting, you've got Beastie Ball, which is like a, a sports game RPG hybrid. I always enjoy those kind of games where they create a sport for you to play. I think that's such a fun idea. There's also a game called Viewfinder, where you actually take still pictures and you can transplant them onto the world itself to solve puzzles, which also looked very cool. Uh, a game called Cart Life, which was one of the very early indie smash hits of, you know, about 2013, almost like mm. a precursor immediate successor to papers please i'm not certain on the timeline but a very similar game to that which disappeared entirely from shopfronts when its creator decided to take it down for his own reasons well it is back remastered and updated and slightly tweaked to uh, be more tuned to modern sensibilities that looks really cool as well and there's probably also something to be said for eternites which is a Almost like a dating sim crossed with an RPG battler. It's, it's very weird. It's very niche. I like the look of that as well. But all 15 games that were announced at Day of the Devs, a really nice broad selections between from, you know, a man who is half a head to a sheep herding game. It's got a little bit for everybody. Definitely worth checking out. No, that sounds that sounds great. Yeah, sadly, Day of the Devs is still on my uh, to watch list at the moment. I, uh, you know, I decided to have one of the busiest weeks of my life to coincide. It was really a podcast which was great so smart move from me i am still sadly catching up on some of this stuff but uh but i did get to catch devolver direct because that's always a nice easy watch uh you know it only runs i think this one was 21 minutes incredibly breezy incredibly easy to watch incredibly stupid and funny as usual um in terms of game announcements devolver's obviously usually pretty light but uh you know i, th I think we both want to touch on baby steps <laughs> which is um which is the most mm. ridiculous game perhaps of the entire weekend which are is essentially, I mean, I, I, I imagine a lot of people who, who listen might have played Quop, the uh, the browser 
was a game where you control all your limbs independently. This is pretty much that if you made it a fully fledged like 3D adventure game, which is it just looks absolutely ridiculous. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I have no doubt it's going to be incredibly frustrating to play, but obviously that's going to be the point. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to giving it a go. Yeah, Baby Steps looks incredible. I'm really into that. Bennett Foddy is a low-key genius, yeah. and I'm very hyped to see him return to this space. If you did listen to our previous podcast, Beat the Sheet, you will know that we are not a big fan of wanky physics <laughs> video games on the whole. The joke does not hit to us, but that's because most of those games don't understand the joke, whereas Bennett Foddy absolutely does. He strips back the difficulty to something as simple as either climbing a mountain and getting over it, or quop running along a track as an Olympic athlete. In this case, just trying to walk home is essentially the point of this. But that's such a simple objective that it doesn't frustrate you the way that like a totally reliable delivery yeah. service does when it's trying to make you drive, pick things up and everything else. And it's all fundamentally broken. I, I just think Foddy really understands what makes these physics games appealing and attractive. And I'm very excited to see what he does with this. In terms of everything else on Devolver, I didn't think it was one of their better showcases for announcements. We saw Wizard with a gun for what feels like the 800th time, and that's still not doing much for me. Human Fall Flat is one of those aforementioned shite physics games, <laughs> so I certainly don't want to get involved with that one. So, you know, a fairly hit and miss showcase in those terms. But I did enjoy the framing of it. Devolver always comes out with some wacky, weird idea. And this time, of course, they had to take on the boom with generative AI, tying it to a 90s mascot they created for this called Volvi and his big hand for gaming, which... I love the structure. I thought it was pretty funny. I love the fact it just puked out or dispersed black goop every time it was asked to create something by these morons in the audience. It is, it's a fun watch, if nothing else, even if the game's only really one of them got me excited. Yeah, there was also a great nod to my boy Gex in the uh, in the intro when they were they were talking about the uh, the, the the kind of you know they. they... And they were like had a lot of competition when they were designing Volvi back in the nineties. They're like, God, that was Gex and art. Oh. I, I forget the other ones, but I just find yeah. <laughs> I just heard my boy's name and I was like, there he is. It's, it's Gex in a conference in twenty twenty three. Love to hear it. <laughs> In terms of other conferences, just a couple of quick ones to touch upon. Grasshopper are doing their own little mini direct, Suda51 Studio. They've already announced that Shadows of the Damned is being remastered, a fantastic uh, 2010 shooter from the Xbox 360 generation. Really good game. I'm hoping they'll also have an extra couple of treats to be announced, but we do not know as of yet. And also, the Tribeca Games Festival stream is... Really interesting as well. Two games which picked out to me, both with a musical bent. Goodbye Volcano High continues to look remarkably charming. I love the mm -hmm. setup for that game where a bunch of, you know, dinosaurs, the meteor's going to crash into them, they're aware of it, and they're going to plan what they're going to do with their final days. In this case, win a band competition. <laughs> looks really neat. Love the art style to it. I think that looks great. But the one that really struck me was a game I had not even heard of before. I tuned into this uh, stream, and that's Stray Gods, which is an RPG musical. And if you're thinking, what is an RPG musical? It is quite literally a musical where you can choose what the next line in the song is going to be, and that'll alter the story as you go along. That is some kind of mad witchcraft. I already find how... You know, game developers and certainly these sort of branching conversation systems are already an unmanageable nightmare. And now they're throwing on entire composed songs on top of that. <laughs> 
What, what an incredible idea for a video game. It's got a stellar voice cast, load of hot shit musical talent behind it. And as me, as, as, a, as a sad, pathetic musicals lover, I am very, very excited to give that a go. But Tribeca as well, similar to Day of the Devs, if you do want to see the slightly more indie space of the gaming scene, well worth checking out. It's a really fun showcase. Yeah, no, it sounds good. It's definitely something on my watch list. I uh, I do always like checking out a couple of the couple of the better shows from the uh, the kind of extra show list. You know, you got you got to skip some of this stuff because my god, there is so many. But no, those are on the list. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I think that's that's probably like the shows covered outside of the ones that are in the lightning round. So I think the last thing to do before we get to the lightning round is probably just to touch on some of the. Uh, I mean, the, the weird shit, Josh, <laughs> the, the, the weird shit that was in the shows we're covering that doesn't count for the lists. So, you know, as we said earlier, we're not covering TV shows or games that already exist, which sadly means that in the lightning round, we won't be covering Nicolas Cage coming to Dead by Daylight, which is absolutely ridiculous. I love it. Um, Nicolas Cage was fantastic on that stage. I like how he just... I don't know. The, the, you know, there was no like, there was nothing forced about it. He was just chatting shit about how funny found it to make a game and all that kind of usual weird Nicolas Cage nonsense about how he's connected and interfacing with the, with the player, and you're both you're both part of the same thing because he's he's doing the voice work and it was just it was just good to see. I mean, I mean, God bless Dead by Daylight. That's a game that does not preview well. It always looks rocky in any footage they show. But, you know, the Nicolas Cage model looks good. He's got a bunch of voice lines. And by all accounts, it's an incredibly fun game. So just a just a fun little addition there. Yeah, I enjoyed seeing Cage on stage. It was definitely a fun addition to the show, particularly having to see Jeff Keighley interact with any human, <laughs> particularly a famous one. It's always an enjoyable moment as he gets really almost schoolgirlishly giggly. So, you know, that is always fun. But... The strangest thing about this entire Nicolas Cage announcement was is that they actually announced this three weeks prior to the show, but nobody seemed to notice. <laughs> <laughs> so they were favoring this as a massive announcement when it was already out there that this had happened. But even still, it was cool to see Nick Cage on stage taking up the mantle of Keanu Reeves, who also made an appearance later on in the Xbox showcases. Friends, celebrity friend of the game, like yeah. us. Certainly, you know, didn't patronise us in the slightest. I, I enjoyed his appearance. I tell you what else I enjoyed, though. I enjoyed the sight of Ryu from Street Fighter punching a dinosaur <laughs> in the face. With the bonkers crossover that is Street Fighter X Exo Primal, which is apparently going to be in the works after Exo Primal launches. It's a bit of added content for Street Fighter Six, which just came out a couple of weeks ago. That's a crossover and a half, right? Oh, there. absolutely fantastic! The footage of this—I mean, I, I want to get round to Street Fighter soon, anyway, because you know, by all accounts, it's one of the best fighting games to come out in a long time. But this footage is incredible. Even if you don't get a chance to watch the Summer Games Fest show, just just pop this on because it's just it's i mean it's just ryu from street fight who's also become a bit of a mech punching fuck out of a t-rex <laughs> like like how like how does this exist it's crazy it's it, it looks so fun like because it i don't know I, at first i saw them show it and i thought it's probably just going to be like costumes you know they'll probably just be mech ryu you know there's that i think dial was in it as well he looks a bit like a robot i kind of thought that'd be it and then it just cut to what was quite clearly well, at least clearly looked like actual gameplay footage of having a fight with a T-Rex. And I just, I just can't, this, this is this, you know, not to spoil what's coming up later in the show, but this might be the best thing to ever come out of Exo Primal. My God. Oh, oh, I, I do. I do have one question now for you, Andrew. It's, it's a doozy as well. Okay. My question to you is, what the fuck is the Twisted Metal TV show? <laughs> 
Man, I have no idea what this is. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I was like, I don't want to say excited about this show, but I, I enjoy Twisted Metal. I've been a fan of Twisted Metal for, for quite a long time. I, I loved it back on the PS1. Um, and, you know, I, and it's got a lot of fun characters. And, they, you know, I feel like there's something you can do with that. I never really felt like I knew what the TV show was going to be, but I thought they could do something fun. Um, obviously, it's it's primarily set around the vehicle combat. So as long as you can get some decent action scenes, it'll be, it'll you know, it'll probably do fine. And then, you know, then you find out that basically the, you know, the main character of Sweet Tooth is going to be using the, the, the physical form of Samoa Joe the wrestler and the voice of Will Arnett, which is, again, a magical combination that you would never think would exist in any form. And then they put this trailer on. And I, I, I don't know if anyone who worked on this has, has, have they played Twisted Metal or do they know what it is? Because this was just a a really weird fight in a in a room and then then they sang the fong song for a bit <laughs> I, I i have absolutely no idea like what happened this might have been more of an example of uh of, of generative ai than the devolver digital showcases like gimmick because i don't know how else this was made other than somebody entering it into chat gpt it's an absolute nightmare i don't i don't know what's happening it's such a strange TV show preview, isn't it? I mean, for a start, Twisted Metal is renowned for its car combat, and you know, it's it's carnage in that sense. And yet, here we are, just in a sodding casino, doing an incredibly boring fight scene. Anthony Mackie selling it in about as hard as you possibly can do, and as you say, that the physical form of Samoa Joe, which is an expression I'm very fond of <laughs> immediately, despite only hearing it a minute ago, to the point where it may have to be the name of my debut autobiography. It's 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 just a just an odd combination. Will Arnett's voice, Samoa Joe, it doesn't fit. Nothing about this feels right, and it's coming to Peacock in the States, which isn't a great streaming service. So it's it's all looking quite bad for Twisted Metal. So certainly I, I can't say I have too much hope that that's going to be anything more than maybe just a hate watch. Yeah. And you, you, sometimes a hate watch is enough. But I think that's about it. Is it? I don't think any other weird things happened at these conferences unless something has popped into your mind. No, I think that's everything. I think, uh, you know, I think it's time to go to the lightning now, time to hit the lightning round. Uh, but, you know, fair play to all these things because, you know, due to the insane format of our show, many of these got more time than the things that we deemed worthy of the lightning round. So well done, Twisted Metal. <laughs> This is how you beat the system. All these games just need to just do something weird and stupid, and then you'll then you'll get more than a minute. Exactly. So, congratulations. <laughs> okay, here we are at last into the lightning round. We begin with Summer Games Fest 2023. But Andrew, I have to ask you first: Is the clock ready? The clock is ready, Josh. Well, in that case, in three, two, one. Mortal Kombat 1. Right, Mortal Kombat 1. So this is out in November 2023. Not long to go now. I, I love the look of this. Um, I've been on record in our other podcasts before saying that, you know, I, I don't massively get on with the Mortal Kombat combat style. It's quite rigid. It's quite, I don't know, it's not very fluid like a Soul Calibur, let's say. But this just looks fantastic. I love the reboot. I love that we're going back to a kind of new timeline. We're setting up these characters from scratch again. Uh, the fatalities look freaking amazing. Like, I, I'm really excited to play the story of this. I think it looks fantastic. 
Yeah, I, I'm actually quite hyped for Mortal Kombat 1. It, it was initially seen as a bit of a dud reveal to me, but I, I love the look of the combo system. The game looks graphically incredible. As you say, the brutalities look brutal and on point. The story being reset, essentially, is a good entry point for fans, particularly since there's 11 games worth of stories to catch up on. What a year 2023 is shaping up to be for fighting game fans between this, Street Fighter, and Tekken 6. Incredible stuff. Crazy. Okay, next game. Path of Exile 2. Wow, we got one minute for this one, Josh. So Path of Exile 2, uh, yeah, this came out and uh, they did say more details are coming uh, July 28th, so we'll know more about this soon. Um, look, this this is a, it's a tough showing for Path of Exile 2 because this essentially was about a 40-second gameplay clip that kind of just looked like Diablo 4. And, you know, just after Diablo 4 just came out, it's come out to great reviews, it's it's kicking all kinds of ass. And I don't know, this looked fine. It was it was a, just a magician doing a bit of zappy lightning, then a big thing came through the wall, and then we found out it's getting more on july 28th there's not a lot to say about it right now i'm amazed i've made it this far i give you your dues because there is so little to say about path of exile 2 it's an arpg not exactly my favorite genre and yeah i mean i appreciate keithley trying to build up hype for first gameplay which essentially amounted to somebody walking down a corridor and that was it but there's so little else to talk yeah, about with this nothing. game. It's, it's sold nothing about itself. I'm not entirely certain why it was even part of the show. Witchfire. Witchfire, right, Witchfire. So this is a first-person shooter, like, roguelite game. Um, I say shooter, but it's it's a part of the, uh, the, the weirdly common thing at the moment where a lot of games are coming out that are first-person magic games. So this is, you know, you've got some magic, you've got some crossbows, you've got some, like, flintlock pistols, cannons, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's from the Astronauts, who are a studio that were uh, created by the founders of People Can Fly. So their their history goes back to stuff like Bulletstorm. And, you know, I think you can see some of the Bulletstorm DNA in this. It's, it looks like it's going to be that kind of fast-paced, you know, kind of balls-to-the-wall FPS action kind of game. Could be fun. Could be fun. You know, it's uh, it's obviously a roguelite, which can be hit and miss. But I, I don't know. It has potential. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the studio back in the days was creating like Painkiller and Bulletstorm, as you mentioned. That was before Doom came back and made FPSs great again. And a lot of a lot of faster paced FPSs have followed on to that quick paced formula that these guys were doing. And I don't think this looks like the most original take on it. We'll see, though. It could work. Crossfire Sierra Squad. Yeah, Crossfire. That uh, that 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 great name value from Crossfire in this day and age. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, Crossfire is a huge series, particularly in Asia. Um, obviously, that Xbox game that came out last year was very shaky and disappointing. But this could be good. You know, it's again, it, it will have a big big budget behind it. Uh, there's not a lot to say from the trailer. Look, I mean, it's a PSVR two game. Um, VR trailers are rough to to really figure out because they kind of just show you a bunch of weird real world footage and then tiny clips of gameplay because you can't get a vr game across in a trailer very well so i don't know keep an eye on it if you like your vr shooters but it's you've got to wait until some real reviews are out for this one yeah i, I can't say this is actually selling me a psvr too i mean even sony's not trying that hard because they're not creating any games for it but if you have bought one lord knows you need something to play on and this is probably exciting to you but if you're excited by the prospect of psvr too you are probably excited by the concept of anything remnant 2 Remnant 2. Okay, so I played the first Remnant game as part of Beat the Sheet when we were doing all the Game Pass games, and I liked it. I thought it was really fun. It was like a first person, uh, sorry, it was a third person shooter game primarily, but it was basically a bit Dark Souls-y. Had a lot of the kind of Dark Souls structure to it. I had a lot of fun with it. This one looks a bit strange to me. Um, for one, it looks like it's heavily pressing on the co-op side, which is a bit of a shame because I did like the solo focus of the first game. And I also think it just doesn't have an identity. Like, 
they showed about 10 different like trailers with just completely different types of enemies there'd be like some sort of body horror monsters then there'd be like uh, the, the the robot from metroid dread and then there'd be stuff that looks like the sentinels from the matrix it's it looks very messy but it could be a lot of fun yeah, it, this, the style of this is weird, and it's it's trying to tap that sci-fi fleshy kind of feel, but that's not hugely what the first game was. I I like the idea of you know a Souls formula crossing into the third-person shooter territory. It yeah. could be good, and certainly you liked the first one, but uh, it's it's got a lot of competition this year. Sonic Superstars. Right, you know what, Josh, you go for it. I want to give you some time. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sonic's back, baby. Yeah, no, this looks really good. At first, I thought they were just announcing Sonic 4 Part 3, and that was horrifying. <laughs> but this does look like it's just a natural evolution of the Mania style, that they have kept those kind of original Mega Drive physics, brought it in to uh, into the modern age. This looks really good. It's got some nice ideas. Four-player co-op. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of into this one. I think this is going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. I'm a little apprehensive about bringing four-player co-op to Sonic because Sonic is so based on me just zooming away very quickly. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work, but all of the gameplay footage looked fantastic. It looked like it goes all over the place. At one point, you were all a bunch of pixelated squids having a swim. Don't know why, don't know how. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks good. And apparently a lot of the uh, previews have said that all the physics and stuff feel perfect. So that's that's what you need as a Sonic fan. So quite excited. Can't wait for my boy Sonic, Lies of P. Lies of P, right, yeah, so this is out in September. Um, you know, look, uh, I don't know with this one. This one's tricky. Um, I've played the demo. Uh, it's a very authentic kind of classic uh, Dark Souls type game. This is, it's almost like this is for people who preferred the early Dark Souls titles more so than what it's become now with Elden Ring. Like, it's very, feels very retro. I felt like I was basically playing Dark Souls 2, but maybe less good because I do love Dark Souls 2. Um, I quite enjoyed it, though. The enemies are cool. Like, you know, the whole game's full of, like, creepy puppets and clockwork type stuff. Um, it could be fun, but I, I don't know. It's it's a tough one to judge at this point. Yeah, I get the feeling this could be a bit of a sleeper hit, but at the same time, it feels so derivative of its inspiration that there's, there's not a lot making it stand out beyond its Pinocchio, you know, themed world, which is admittedly a cool setting and they seem to be doing quite a lot with it. But will that be enough? I'm, I'm not entirely certain it will, but definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah. Sandland! Sandland, okay, so this is a, a cool-ass looking uh, Toriyama game. So this is from the uh, creator of Dragon Ball. And this is a manga that he actually made back in 2000 that only ran from like May to August. So it's a real deep cut. Um, it looks really cool. I, I'm not too sure what the game's going to be. Uh, it looks like there was some mech combat, maybe an open world. It looks like you play some kind of little demon guy who's going to save the humans. Uh, beyond that, we don't know a lot, but it had a great visual style to it. And I, I just love that kind of, you know, they're digging into the deep cut references for stuff like this. It's really cool. Yeah, I admire Bandai Namco for taking its obligatory anime game for the year and going for apparently the deepest of deep cuts into Toriyama. That is, that's pretty fun. I like the idea of that. It seems to look like it's going to be a hack and slash game. Seems to be a lot of driving going on as well. One thing I did notice about the trailer was the slightly odd Son choice, which at first I hated, and I watched this trailer another four times, and now that Son has been on rotation on my phone for the best part of a week now. So kudos to you, Bandai Namco Son team. Throne and Liberty. Oh, Throne and Liberty. We got into a bit of a testing section of the uh, Summer Games Fest show at this point. Uh, this is a free-to-play MMO from NC Soft and Amazon Games. It's got your pretty standard fantasy vibes to it. They're, they're promising it's going to be a constantly changing world that they're going to evolve. You know, the kind of usual stuff you hear from a, a live MMO, right? Uh, the big difference they're trying to go for here is that you're going to be able to shapeshift into animals. Apparently, you're 
at any real point. It looks like they're aiming for it to be quite free flowing. Uh, but we only really saw mainly cinematic type footage here or like smartly cut gameplay shots. It's it's tough to know how interesting it's actually going to be. Um, you know, got potential, but I don't know. I wasn't wowed by this. Yeah, this looks like a particularly by-the-numbers Mamorpago. It's pretty bland. It showed absolutely no gameplay, really, beyond cinematic trailers. Now, apparently, all the closed betas say it fucking sucks. All all I'll say is that if I can shapeshift into anything, let me shapeshift into an Amazon worker who can't take a break and Jeff Bezos laughing beside me as I piss my pants. Warhaven! Warhaven, this is a free-to-play medieval fantasy game uh, from Nexon. Um, you're going to be doing some transforming in this as well, apparently into immortal monsters of some sort or something like that. Uh, this kind of just looked a bit like For Honor a lot of the time. Um, you know, maybe a bit more hack and slash, a bit more Dynasty Warriors than the uh, intricate kind of systems of For Honor, but very similar vibe to it. Uh, apparently, you're going to be able to try this June 19th to the 26th. It's going to have an open test of some sort, and then it's out in the fall, so... If you want to, you can. <laughs> I mean, credit to Keith Lee for scheduling back-to-back Mamorpagas, which look exactly the same. I'm sure the yeah. people who paid good money to be on that show were thrilled when that happened. Look, Warhaven looks slightly better by Throne of Liberty by the very virtue of showing at least a little bit of gameplay. But these are very by-the-numbers MMORPGs, and I'd be amazed if these managed to find an audience, because let's be honest, 95% of these games absolutely do not. Party yeah. animals! Party Animals. Okay, this is out September 20th. Uh, this is a game where you're going to be a floppy animal doing floppy things. Uh, mini games, sports, fighting, just basically a, a kind of one of those kind of daft multiplayer games where your character's a bit wobbly and weird. It looks fine. I mean, I we both kind of thought this was already out. We had to check because it's quite similar to uh, some of their other games there. It's from the studio that made Gang Beasts. Very similar vibe. Uh, you know, I'm sure people will have fun with this, but uh, maybe maybe not for us. Yeah, I mean, Gambies, by all accounts, is a fun game. A lot of people tell me that that is good. Like you, I thought Party Animals came out 10 years ago, but apparently it has not yet. The animals are cute. You can play as a, a variety of cute, cuddly critters who are now going to do violent, abhorrent fins. And that's all well and good. The only problem I have is I can't stand any form of trailer which opens with cackling YouTubers. So frankly, this game had me dead the second they started up that obnoxious laughter. It could be fun, but let's be honest, we ain't going to play it. Crash Team Rumble. All right, Crash Team Rumble. So this is uh, having its first season soon, June 20th, which is obviously going to come with, with some characters and some maps and all that kind of business. Look, I mean, this actually, this game looks like a lot of fun. This is a, an online multiplayer kind of battle arena game. You're, you're going to fight uh, enemies to try and collect the most Wumpers, which are basically apples, let's be honest. Um, and yeah, you know, it does look fun. I just, I just worry for it because it's one of those games, you know, it's like uh, Knockout City before it or um, the one that was Dodgeball. That might have even been that one. I don't know. But all these games come out and they get a following for a month or two and then they just fade away and get cancelled. And it's a shame to see that because Toys for Bob are a great developer and I actually do think this looks fun. Yeah, this game has been previewing really well as well. People say that it's a fantastic time. It's a really enjoyable party game. Crash Bandicoot does seem like a slightly odd license fit to, for me. And when I started to read those good previews, I did go, oh, I wonder if I can download this already. And it's, it's apparently you have to pay for it. That that blew my mind. I just assumed wow. this would be free to play. It isn't. It will die. Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake 2. This is going to be a good one. So yeah, Sam Lake came out. Best dressed person on the show. Looked like fucking Bond. Well, well done him. Um, yeah, this looks great. Look, I mean, Alan Wake bought a proper survival horror game this time, you know, kind of toning down the action, going for the more the more scary stuff. 
there's going to be two characters to play as and they're, they're doing something interesting where you can switch between them at, at any time after a while and you can play the story in your own kind of pattern and manner that seems really cool but uh yeah i'm looking forward to this a lot yeah i'm looking forward to this one i'm slightly worried when they said you could switch between characters at any time because that is going to be a nightmare for the narrative designer at, at remedy but if they can pull that off and make that work this will be good it's going to be a technical showcase there's no doubt about that the game looks yeah. gorgeous will it perform smoothly control certainly didn't and remedy does have a habit of aiming for the stars and ending up somewhere in the fucking yeah. hudson river but we'll see. lack of a physical release sucks doesn't it yeah, and I would say as well, though, they did fix Control and it ran better afterwards, so I think they will fix it. Let's hope so. Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2. All right, so this is a, a co-op shooter up to three players um, set in the Warhammer world where everyone's just really big and slow all the time. I, I'm not a Warhammer guy. I apologize to Warhammer people, but my only thing with Warhammer is it just looks like they all wear more armor than they can comfortably wear and they just can't move very fast and it looks a bit tedious. But nonetheless, this is pretty much just a third person left for dead kind of deal. It looks like it looks like it'd be good fun, um, for particularly for fans of Warhammer, but I, I don't know. I'd I'd probably rather just play some some like gears or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Big Warhammer has got into my pocket, but I for some reason quite enjoyed the look of this game. Certainly people raging about uh, Space Marine One has helped in that front and the vast quantity of enemies on screen, all of them big rats, kind of Gets me hyped. I love a game you get a fuck ton of enemies on screen. All the Warhammer do is are just psychopathic zealots. It could be fun. I'm kind of into it. This could be all right. We'll see. Yeah. Yes, your grace. Snowfall. Yeah, you know what? This could be good. Um, I, I think I played the first Yes, Your Grace for, for Beat the Sheet, Game Pass Challenge. Uh, I gave it a seven. Sadly, didn't write any notes. I wish I had, because that would have been helpful today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's like, it's like a kingdom management thing. You're kind of, there's a push and pull with your resources and the decisions you make. You know, you're trying to keep your kingdom running and keep your people fed and all that kind of business. I think the story branches out depending on big decisions you make. It was a good game. It was a really well put together game. This one has had a real kind of glow up. It looks a lot nicer now. And uh, yeah, it's got real potential. Yeah, I, I think Yes, Your Grace is a fun little franchise. I'm I'm slightly... It's always felt somewhat in the shadow of the Banner Saga, which yeah. we'll kind of get to later. It, it looks fine. I, as a sequel, I, I don't know. What more is it going to have to say? All this managed to come up with is it, now it's snowy, which which is never the most inviting hook for your game. But we'll see. The, the chances of me making time for this are incredibly slim. So probably one that's going to go by the wayside. John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel real cynical about this one. Um, so this is uh, this is by Saber Interactive, and um, which are the same people who are behind the Warhammer game we covered a few minutes ago. And it's pretty much the same kind of game. It's a co-op <laughs> Left 4 Dead-like, uh, but this one has, you know, a lot of kind of 80s vibes. And uh, I, d I don't know, man. The trailer just didn't do it for me. It's just a bunch of people singing Bon Jovi music and, and fighting enemies in a way. I mean, I honestly, if you would have told me this footage was from Back 4 Blood, I would have said it was. So, like, I just, it just doesn't stand out to me. It certainly looks a little bit on the generic side, but it does have John Carpenter's name attached to it. And I can't stress enough just how good of a director John Carpenter is. The question is, can he get any of his style and sensibility into this game? He is a massive video gamer. He tweets and posts about it all the time. So if he has oh. had some involvement, this could be quite cool. But if nothing else, it will have an incredible synth soundtrack. That guy's music fucking slaps. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2, I guess we've got a lot to cover here because obviously we weren't recording podcasts when the uh, Sony showcase was on. I'm, I'm looking forward to Spider-Man 2, but at the same time, I'm, I don't know, I just, it's not really exciting me in the same way the first one did, or maybe even Miles Morales did. I, I just, 
I just think I'm going to enjoy it and then I'm going to finish playing it and I'll just forget about it a bit. I, I don't know. It just it's it's very incremental to me to what these games have already been. And maybe I'm being unfair to it. But what do you think? I certainly think I'll love it, and I'll certainly get a heck of a lot of playtime out of it. But like you, I do feel like the series isn't going to go beyond its peak, which it's already hit. I admire it for trying to branch out into new neighborhoods, but at the same time, I quite like exploring the same places and finding nooks and crannies being slightly different. Is the scope a little bit too big? Can they meld in the symbiote powers in a way that it's satisfying, but then they'll have to take them away from you? There's a lot of questions around this game. More than likely, it'll be pretty good. Pal World. Pal World. Okay, this is uh, the game that Keely said was Pokemon with guns, and that's pretty much what it is. It's uh, it's an open world kind of crafting survival game, apparently, uh, but most of what we saw here was just characters that look way too close to Pokemon shooting people with miniguns. That's pretty much all we saw. I mean, I swear, I, I 100% saw like an Eevee. I'm pretty sure I saw like... Uh, one of the, the the sheep one i think it's wooloo they were just carbon copies of pokemon i mean nintendo are going to be on this now i was going to say the only people who are going to get shot are the developers of this game when nintendo's lawyers finally get let out of the cage to go to town on this bad boy these designs are so close to the pokemon i, I think as a joke it's fairly boring i always find the idea of these cute critters are now violent a really tired and boring joke but some people on the internet think it's hilarious that's partly because people just seem to hate pokemon now i don't know this to me looks very very Pretty bleak stuff. I'm not interested. Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. Talking about bleak stuff you're not interested in. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's a tough year for Lord of the Rings, Josh. I mean, obviously, Gollum's come out, and apparently it is not great. I think we're going to play it together at some point because that's the kind of thing we like to do. We're, we're wrong. Don't, don't, don't do that, people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this one I don't think I can play because this looks like it's going to be bad, but also a crafting and survival game which I, I just i can't do that to myself i just i just thought this looked really disappointing i i don't i didn't look good it, it looked really sloppy and rough and they just didn't show anything that looked fun uh yeah very disappointing yeah this looks absolutely dreadful i mean Gollum looked bad but this somehow looks even worse lord of the rings is competing with itself for the worst game of 2023 <laughs> somebody has to get a grip of this license man because we can't be having lord of the rings games of this abject quality there's so much more you can do within this world heck get wb games back involved and i don't yeah. say that lightly good god banishers ghosts of new eden Right, yeah, this, I mean, this, the, you know, this. I struggle to keep thought in my head about this game. I feel like it just looks like a lot of other games, but this is a action game made by uh, Don't Nod, who are mainly famous, I guess, for the Life of Strange games. Uh, I believe they made Vampire before that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a ton of faith in these guys to make a really exciting third-person action game at this point. I, 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 you know, I'd love to be proven wrong, but so far I'm not seeing tons from this the combat looked fine um, there's some kind of character shifting reality shifting stuff going on with the uh, the platform and traversal that looks interesting but it's just not standing out at the moment yeah, I admire Dirt Nod trying to branch out a little bit into more supernatural story, not and not one where you've just got magic powers, although I wouldn't be surprised if you did, and I just forgot that. At the same time, Vampire was not a particularly enjoyable game. It was very janky, quite clunky. I don't know if these guys really the action studio of choice, and it looks a bit generic, don't I? I'd be amazed if it strikes a chord. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Well, there goes quite a lot of the time. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you have a chat about this one, Josh. 
It just looks fucking sick, don't it? Looks absolutely <laughs> incredible. The story of Kazuma Kiryu continues from the end of Yakuza 6, a game I haven't played and will probably never play. But that combat system, man, just looks so good. And every single time they seem to find a new wrinkle on it, I love the idea. This like, kind of like a lasso where you can pull items towards you so you can start smashing them around the head with it even quicker. A tighter, more contained Yakuza game could be quite exciting, actually. Keep the runtime to 15 hours, story nice and tight. Yeah, this could be real good. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I like the Yakuza games a lot. I just can't find the time for them. There's so many now. It's quite an impenetrable series to really get into, especially these kind of <laughs> Kazuma Kiryu ones. You know, you can start with um, with Like a Dragon that came out last year because that's kind of a new a new start for the series, whereas this is just bleeding right from the, the old six games or seven games. So it's a tough entry point, but I bet it's going to be fantastic. Under the Waves. Under the Waves, yeah. So this is a, a Quantic Dream game, which... Uh, doesn't often spark joy for me but um yeah i mean it's i don't know it it's your typical spooky goings on happening type narrative adventure looks okay um i don't know it looks like it's gonna have some good spooky vibes to it but i i i, don't, I can't see me getting around to this one personally I mean, the notion that Quantic Dream of all studios has the sheer audacity to go around and say, I'm going to put our fucking spotlight on a narrative we think is good when they can barely even tell a story about going to the toilet. It's just not going to work, is it? Quantic Dream of terrible taste. This might be fine, but it's solid by association because I do think there's something to be said for underwater narrative games. You could make something fun, but I would be amazed if this is it. I mean, I'd say, you know, it's worth checking out the trailer if, if you're at all interested. I thought the trailer itself was actually decent. It's more the track record that's putting me off this one. Yeah, that's fair. Wayfinder. Wayfinder. Uh, oof, this one is it's another one of those ones that are quite challenging to talk about. Uh, it's a third-person fantasy online MMO. Uh, you might have heard me say that before because I have. Uh, there's some shooting in it as well, I guess, which is good for them. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, uh, it's made by the team who made uh, Darksiders Genesis, which was a decent enough Diablo clone based on the Darksiders universe. Uh, I think they also made Battle Chasers Nightwall, which by all accounts is a well-regarded uh, turn-based RPG. So there's some pedigree for making decent enough games in here, but this is just another one of those games from some Games Fest that just could not stand out on its own. It was just too similar, too derivative. I admire you for speaking about that for 40 seconds because I genuinely can't remember a single thing about it. And I've wrote notes and I still <laughs> can't remember anything about Wayfinder, such as the you level of generic we're dealing with here. <laughs> Fuck knows. I don't know even what it is. <laughs> Stellaris Nexus. Stellaris Nexus. Okay, yeah, so this this looks quite cool, actually. So this is a 4X game, which is um, the biggest, most famous one is probably the Civilization games. You know, these giant grand strategy games, you you deal with a sort of world situation over a giant period of time. You try and conquer it in a, very, you know, in a variety of different ways. The hook they're going for with this one is that they're going to say each game takes one hour, which is kind of cool because a 4X game usually takes about honestly 20 hours to 30 hours for one match. So I don't know. It's a nice hook. Uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, I admire the idea behind this, and Paradox is a studio with a heck of a lot of heritage, so I have absolutely no doubts that it will work. At the same time, I do find the general idea of pitching a game which will end in an hour to be a slightly negative frame, <laughs> and it's just like, don't worry, guys, I won't take up too much of your time, and then I'm gonna fuck off. It's like me going on a date. It's, it just doesn't work. It's, just, it's not what you want to do. It's not what you want to hear, but we'll see. Fay Farm. Fay Farm. We accidentally skipped Fay Farm. We're sorry, Fay Farm. Um, yeah, look, this is a, you know, one of those 
cozy farm games which seem to be all over the place these days particularly on switch indie showcases i swear they did one that was only cozy farm game um i don't know it looks fine i I just, I, yeah, I don't know. You're just going to do some farming. You're going to live in a little world. In this one, you happen to be fairies, so you have wings. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't just play Stardew Valley, uh, to be honest. I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of got a bit of a lock on this on this style of game right now, and I didn't see anything from this that, that looked better than that. Well, this is the problem for this genre, isn't it? Stardew Valley has pretty much perfected it. You can't really do much better than that. If you wanted nostalgia, you've got Story of Seasons from the uh, old Harvest Moon devs yeah. to lean back on. Somebody eventually will do something interesting in the farming sim world and bring it some recognition again, but this is almost certainly not going to be it. Space Trash Scavenger. Yeah, this. I mean, we only saw very brief footage of this, but it does look like all you do is grab some trash in space. Um, so, you know, if you want to grab some trash in space, uh, we have a game for you now, apparently. Um, I, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't want to grab trash in space, Josh. Do you? I mean, nobody wants to grab trash in space. All I know is that this trailer runs a measly 45 seconds. And both times after 15 seconds, I checked the time on the stream. That's never a good indication yeah. that you've created something fun. One thing I will say, you know, these sort of crafting resource management games are so utterly bland that you at least need some form of hook, which is interesting. And AI overlord is evil is not the hook. Please stop <laughs> doing that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, still, like you said, it's a 45-second trailer. It's tough to assess it. You know, maybe it'll surprise people. These games do get a following. You know, you never know which one's going to get a following, so maybe it'll, it'll do okay, but tough to say from this. Star Trek Infinite. Star Trek Infinite. Okay, so this is another 4X from uh, the same publisher uh, as Star Nexus, Paradox. Um, and yeah, it's a big, this is one of the big 4Xs, the old 20-hour jobs, uh, but it's Star Trek. So, you know, if you want to command an entire fleet of... of, of Star Trek ships. I don't know Star Trek very well, but there you go. You can do it. You can play as some of the different people that are in Star Trek, and you can all fight to conquer the world of Star Trek. Uh, fan of Star Trek, Josh? <laughs> I, I too like the Star Trek ships. I'm pretty certain they're called the Star Trek ships, and you get to hang out with your good friends or good enemies, the Borg. I'm not yeah. entirely certain which one is which. Well, this was a teaser trailer with zero gameplay footage. There's very little to really know about how it will play beyond just the general gist of what the genre already is. If you yeah. like the Forex genre, if you like Star Trek, you'll probably like Star Trek Infinite, but I tell you who won't be playing it, me. <laughs> That's fair. Lif Sanger, the Time Shift Warrior. Yeah, I mean, this is a an isometric kind of hack and slash deal. Uh, you know, it looks like Hades when you look at a screenshot of it. Um, the hook they're going for here is that you're basically going to be able to play as your character and then rewind time and kind of play again. But the character you already played as is, is still there in that area and she's doing the fighting that you just did. So you can kind of team up with yourself. It's a hook that's been used for a couple of games recently. I think there was a, a shooter called Lemnis Gate, which used it quite well. Um, I don't know. Look, I mean, it looked fine. I just, I don't know. I It takes a lot for these types of games to stand out to me, and it usually takes them being Hades. So this isn't Hades, um, and that might be a problem for it. Really. Yeah, yeah, this looks okay. I thought the art style, particularly for the animated intro, looked fantastic, but the actual gameplay art is a little bit more bland. It's a little bit more derivative. I was kind of hoping they could take the style from the you know the cutscenes into the main game they haven't really done that it's another game which is published by quantic dream so you know it's gonna fucking suck immortals of avium 
Models of Avium. This is the game trying to go for a kind of doom with magic uh, approach. It's first person shooter, but it's all magic. You just use different types of spells and things like that. Um, you know, this is a tough one because I was actually quite up for this after the Sony showcase. I thought it had a good trailer. It looked fast paced. It looked fun. It looked exciting. I don't think it had a very good look on the Summer Games Fest show. I think this they showed an extended clip of one section on this big giant airship. And it looked it just looked a little sluggish. It didn't look like the message they were trying to get across previous to that. So I'm a little unsure now. Yeah, the EA original series can actually put out some decent games as long as it's not about yarn. And, you know, this one looked like it was going to be that, you know, the magic kind of combat, Ghostwire Tokyo meets Doom. It kind of seemed interesting, but they build up the set pieces like the most wild or crazy thing you've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it was just a very generic set piece at sea. Like, you know, it was basically that Call of Duty trailer from last year. There was really <laughs> yeah. not much to it. A little bit boring. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Wow, real shame this only gets a minute. Oh, oh, this looks incredible, Josh. I am very excited for this. Uh, they are obviously continuing to do some wild nonsense with the story, uh, which, you know, I'm sure will not be to some people's tastes. I'm a bit iffy on myself, but I don't care because I'm going to have the most fun ever playing this game. I'm so excited for it. Just more of FF7R, but in a bigger world. Play as more of the characters now. There was some Red 13 combat gameplay in there. Yes, please. I will take that. Uh, yeah, just massively excited for this. Can't wait. This game just looks so damn good, doesn't it? I was half tempted to just use my 30 seconds to repeat the words two discs over and over again because that is a selling point <laughs> in and of itself. This game is so big it needs two discs on a PlayStation 5. Story looks incredible. The music so damn good. The character designs, the world is... It's fucking Final Fantasy VII. It's, it's here now. It's here. We're out of Midgar. I, oh, I can't wait. Give give me yeah. my dad, buddy dad angel. Whatever he's called. <laughs> give me him. Yeah. wait. excited. Overall show summary, Summer Games first. Right, overall show summary. Yeah, this was a tough watch, to be honest. You know, it, it might seem better when it's in f just one-minute segments, but this this dragged, it was long. Uh, there was quite a few kind of just irrelevant kind of advertising level type, you know, it, like where they're not reveals or trailers, they're just trying to shop something to you. Uh, a bit disappointing. Uh, they also managed to run about two hours and not put a single woman on the stage, which is insane and just appalling. Don't know how that happened. They really should have uh, fought better on that one. Uh, yeah, look, it was a tough watch. I wouldn't recommend watching the whole show to anyone. I would say pick the trailers out for stuff that sounds interesting. But yeah, don't don't make yourself sit through this. Yeah, Keithley continues to not quite nail the formula for these fins. It feels, it always starts off with a good energy and then as the more cynical promotions weave their way in, all the goodwill you have for it just drains out of you. Like, it's so much goop from the devolver digital ai robot <laughs> it, it's just a fairly bland showcase it's certainly no e3 replacement ubisoft forward avatar frontiers of pandora right avatar so i still haven't seen either of the avatar films i think there's two out now right um so yeah so i didn't know what to go on with this but maybe you can fill me in but i wasn't expecting this to just be far cry on an alien planet i thought that i thought this would be something more interesting and cool and like i don't know i thought it'd be more platforming based or something but they just they just made a far cry. They just they literally just got the, the these creatures that I don't know personally and just opened the thing by being like, We've taught them how to use human weapons. So we can make far cry. <laughs> like it's crazy. I mean, am I wrong? I, you probably know better than me. 
I mean, I have seen Avatar, and I guess it is a little Far Cry, but it's also Ubisoft, so they'd have made anything Far Cry. They could have got the license for Toy Story, and it'd still somehow be Far Cry. <laughs> All of their games are the same. This looks fine. Look, technically, the game looks quite gorgeous. You know, the world yeah. could be quite expansive. With Horizon Zero Dawn, has it had its lunch eaten somewhat? Probably. I don't know. In a year of Breath of the Wild, is oh, Tears of the Kingdom, is this going to stand out? Probably not. X Defiant. Extify. This was one of your favorite Josh, a montage of uh, create, content creators screaming and laughing. Uh, you, you, I know you love those trailers. Uh, look, I actually think the gameplay of this looks pretty, pretty damn solid, to be honest. This looks like a fun, you know, a fun, fast-paced, not Call of Duty type shooter, but it's kind of got a lot of those Call of Duty sensibilities, like the fast time to kill on your weapons. You know, it's it looks like it's fast-paced action. You know, you're getting those multi-kills when you're really in the zone or getting probably wrecked by people who are way better than you. That is definitely what would happen to me. Um, I don't know. It looks cool. You know, it, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but it, I think it's got potential. Yes, it looks like a perfectly acceptable PvP game. You could have told me it was Rainbow Six and I wouldn't have, you know, disbelieved you. It's very much in the wheelhouse of Ubisoft, you know, versus shooters. Is this the game they've hauled out Sam Fisher to to try to drum up any level of support for? I, I can't even remember. If, I feel like X Defiant has been hanging around for the best part of 10 years and yet somehow it's still not left beta. You could play one more before it comes out. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Yeah, Prince Persia Lost Crown. So this is a, a 2D Metroidvania side-scroller. I say 2D. Graphics are obviously uh, more, well, yeah, 3D. But um, yeah, I think this looks really cool. Uh, I, I don't know. It's got a lot of weird negative kind of feedback and negative press online or just a lot of people like disliking the YouTube videos, all that kind of stuff. I think the game looks fucking great, Josh, to be honest. Uh, the, the traversal looks really cool. The combat looks incredibly slick. Some of the animation on it is, is beautiful. You've got your time bending powers back with some fun new hooks on them. It looks like some of the enemies can bend time as well in, in clever ways. I, I don't know. I think this is going to be really cool. I, I don't know why everybody hates this so much. This this looks pretty good to me. I mean, does the world need another Metroidvania? Probably not. But, you know, the big thing about any Prince of Persia game is does the platforming look good? And yeah, this platforming looks good. It looks difficult. It looks challenging. Yeah, I'm into this. Sure, it's it's a Metroidvania, and that's a little bit disappointing. And this, I do, I think 3D suits Prince of Persia better, probably. But yeah, I think this looks okay. Skull and Bones. <laughs> Skull and Bones, Josh. <laughs> Skull and Bones. Somehow we're talking about Skull and Bones, a game that is not yet released in 2023. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, look, there wasn't a lot to show on the Ubisoft Forward Show here. In fact, they just hilariously put a band in front of the screen. So no one in the show could even see the footage on the screen. And they just sang a sea shanty about Skull and Bones. I mean, just very funny. I mean, look, this game started life as uh, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag DLC 10 years ago. Still not out. Still not out. Originally, it was going to come out as Skull and Bones in 2018, five years ago. Still not out. <laughs> Just so it's, crazy. Just an, it's an incredible story. It's a, my favorite thing about this is that I could only assume that the band wrote this song 10 years ago and they're like, for <laughs> fuck's sake, we're going to play it. We've had enough of waiting. Let us play our song because Skull of Bones is never going to come out. This is probably just a contract dispute. <laughs> That's all this can possibly be. It's no other explanation. The Crew Motorfest. Crew Motorfest. So this is basically uh, the crew if it was Forza Horizon. That's exactly what you're getting here. Uh, it's set in Hawaii. Uh, look, looks perfectly decent. You know, when I watched it, I was a bit cynical. I was like, you're just copying Horizon. But you know what? Why not? Horizon's had five games now. It's probably about time somebody has a go at that formula themselves. Look decent. You know, there's not a lot of a lot to say about it. The gameplay was fairly light. It kind of cut to some brief shots of gameplay. Most of it was more cinematic. But, you know, could be could be good. Horizon's great. Why? Why? Why not have a go at it? 
Yeah, I don't have a problem with somebody trying to mimic the island formula, and Lord knows I do love myself a racing game. I'm just slightly confused by what this is, because at the same time it's going, you can, you know, drive on the beautiful island of Hawaii, it's going, and now you're in Japan. And it's like, well, where am I? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> What's got, is, is this just a hub to take me to other worlds? It just feels a little bit confused in what it's actually meant to be, but if it drives well, nobody's going to really care. Assassin's Creed Nexus VR. Okay, another VR trailer. So obviously we've already talked about these. These can be a bit tricky to to really judge. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Assassin's Creed feels like a good a good tonal fit for a VR headset. I mean, you know, in the actual games themselves, someone sat in a VR machine. So why not? Why not do this? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tricky. I mean, the gameplay footage or trailer footage showed a lot of like people jumping from great height to assassinate people. Good luck doing that in VR because that's gonna feel horrendous for people you can't just jump off buildings in vr that's not that's not okay um so yeah i don't know it's it looks like it, it might be okay you just play as assassins from some of the big games of the past and i imagine it'll just be more tight and mission based and it could be okay but i'm i'm not convinced yeah i, I mean i'm amazed it's coming to the meta quest does anybody even own a meta quest it just the whole thing about this just feels weird i can't wait to climb a viewpoint tower in vr though look around gets get some form of Say a sickness and collapse to the floor holding my headset. Assassin's Creed Mirage. All right, Assassin's Creed Mirage. So this is uh, Assassin's Creed kind of going back to its roots to an extent in terms of the setting, but also they, they're saying that this is going to be more of a stealth-first approach to Assassin's Creed. You know, the games recently have been these gigantic open worlds that really are just action games at this point. There's no, you know, you don't need to plan out any clever assassinations. You just kind of go in and smash people in the face and it's fine. Um, I don't know from this footage though. I, I was still getting the sense that I can just go in and smash people in the face. Like there was a lot of combat in this, a lot of a lot of beating the shit out of people. So I don't know, could be good. I'm glad to see it potentially going for a smaller a smaller scale approach because these games have got too big and too bloated. Yeah, exactly. That's the big thing here for me. This game could actually be a way into Assassin's Creed again for me because I like the old stealth games. I like the smaller maps. I like the intricacies of them. And the games have moved steadily away from that over the best part of a decade now. Returning back to the formula could work well for it, but do I trust Ubisoft to not pack it full of nonsense? Probably not. Star Wars Outlaws. Star Wars Outlaws. Okay, this looks really cool. I I'm looking forward to this one. I think, um, you know, it's nice to see the Star Wars license get out to more studios now. It's not just stuck with EA. And yeah, it just looks like a really fun, big open world Star Wars game. Uh, you know, it's, it's. I mean, Ubisoft are known for the big open worlds. And uh, I think Star Wars is at least a a world that, you know, they can, they can do a lot of stuff with. You know, there's a lot of varied landscapes, a lot of interesting planets to go to. Uh, the gameplay footage looked really cool. It was, uh, it was a bit choppy for me, but I, I don't know if it was just the YouTube video, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, what did you think of it? Yeah, I, I think this looks okay. It looks very Ubi Wars, let's be honest. It's not yeah. straying too far from the Ubisoft formula, but in, by combining every single element of Star Wars into one game, and this is a series which has never really had a giant open world to explore. It's just kind of had open areas. This could actually be quite refreshing by Ubisoft standards. Throwing Ubisoft licenses is probably the best way to keep their games from being utterly tedious. So, I don't know, this could actually be significantly better than I think it was. Overall show summary for Ubisoft. Yeah, you know, I thought this was a really good show for Ubisoft. Uh, I don't often come into these Ubi shows with much much hype. You know, we kind of know what their franchises are. You usually know what you're going to see. Um, but I don't know. I thought this went well. You know, Prince of Persia, really cool to have that back. The Avatar game, not for me, but as you said, it did look visually impressive. Uh, nice to see Assassin's Creed getting a new direction. And yeah, as we said, Star Wars Outlaws could be could be huge. It could be really cool. Um, so yeah, this is one of the better Ubisoft shows I've I've seen in the last few years. 
Yeah, I'll give them credit for, you know, showing some gameplay for a lot of their big games coming up. There was perhaps a a lack of a surprise announcement, which would have kept things a bit more interesting, the crew being pretty much the only one. But I'm not going to rag on them too much for that, because they did have two new games here. They just gave up the announcements to different shows. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I, I think, you know, the idea of doing that and then diving in a bit deeper on your own show isn't a bad idea. So, you know, credit to Ubisoft. This is, by their standards, about as good as it's ever going to get. Yeah. Capcom Showcase, Kunitsugami, Path of the Goddess. Okay, this is a kind of creepy, creepy hack and slash game uh, with just a lot of spooky hands all over the place. Just lots of hands for some reason. All kinds <laughs> of big, crazy hands just trying to grab you. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man, with this. Uh, they, they they were careful not to show much gameplay at all. There was very brief scenes, but what we saw looked like some kind of rough hack and slash gameplay. I, I don't I don't think what we saw looked good, but it's probably very early days because, you know, they, they won't show much of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Capcom's been on such a tear recently that I trust them to make anything pretty much good at the moment. And the, the visual style for this is fantastic, rooted clearly in Japanese folklore. I'm intrigued by how the two elements seem to fit together. You've clearly got the hack and slashers, but you've also got the dancing people who must have some impact into the game because it is dubbed as a strategy game. I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of like a, a power-up of the old sort. Mm. So actually, when we see more of this game, I think it'll reveal itself to be something a little bit more interesting than this made it out to be. Pragmata. Pragmata. Okay, so this was quite a funny trailer because the whole point of the trailer was just, well, having the girl who's in the game do a little drawing saying, sorry, we haven't finished the game yet. <laughs> it's like, just, just like real-world news in the form of a game trailer. Uh, yeah, very strange. I don't know. I mean, it looks like it's just coming out at some point in the future. We don't really know too much about it yet, but I, you know, respect to the Capcom for, you know, just putting this out there and saying, look, we're still passionate about the project. We're still working on it, but, you know, we're sorry it's just not quite ready yet. Yeah, I mean, and credit as well to just saying it's delayed indefinitely. They don't know. Yeah. They don't, they're not going to keep just pushing it back. I, I, in the well-worn t- uh, shoes of, you know, video game apologies, we've gone from Twitter image posts to apology streams to now apology streams during your stream. <laughs> we, we really have to try very hard to get ahead of fan outrage these days. And credit to the Pragmata devs for doing it in a charming and humorous fashion. I bet the game will be real fucking good when it finally does come out. Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> oh, Ghost Trick is such a good game, man. I, I honestly can't tell you how good this is. When I say this is every bit as good as the Phoenix Wright games, and in many ways better, I am not in any way overstating how impressive this is. Once you play this game and you play the first couple of chapters of it, everything will click. The trick mechanic is incredible. The story is brilliant. The characters are so well written. The music's great. The dog is fantastic. The dog is so good. And Shooter Kumi, who came out on stage and practices English for multiple weeks to deliver this what a man what a genius i love you shoot kubi yeah no i'm really excited for ghost truck i'm obviously a big phoenix Wright fan myself and uh, this was always a bit of a blind spot for me so massively excited to play this i think uh, i'll probably be grabbing this on the switch i think that'll be a good home for it and uh, yeah can't wait gonna be yeah. really fun it's nice as well that you don't have to do any legwork. There's no prior games. It's completely standalone anybody who has an interest in it please pick it up it's really good apollo justice trilogy all right, Apollo Justice Trilogy. So this is Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney 4, 5, and 6, basically, uh, for anyone who, you know, is slightly confused by the Apollo Justice name. 
uh look really excited about this um you know it's it's good to just keep making sure these games can be played because some of these ones got a bit it got a bit rocky there they were only on the 3ds for a while and then that shop's gone now and you know i just i just want the phoenix ride series to continue so i'm really excited these are getting a release uh, if anyone who hasn't played any of these games yet do buy the first trilogy the phoenix Wright trilogy instead those are the first three games uh absolutely some of my favorite games of all time i adore them just fantastic courtroom drama uh yeah love it yeah, a four, five, and six are probably the weaker of the Phoenix Wright trilogy, but six in particular, Spirit of Justice, is a really good game that I'd recommend anybody check out. Nice to see them escape the 3DS eShop closure hell. Slightly annoyed this isn't a new game because I now feel obliged to keep buying this so that Capcom will one day give me a new Ace Attorney game. So much pain. Exo Primal. Exo Primal. So obviously we spoke about this a little bit earlier when we said uh, Ryu from Street Fighter was punching dinosaurs. This is the game itself. Um, it is a kind of time travel third person co-op dinosaur left for dead kind of thing, which, you know, another co-op left for dead kind of game. A lot of these going around at the moment. I think the footage of this looks pretty brutal and pretty rough at the moment. I, I don't think this looks good, sadly. But, you know, Capcom have been knocking it out of the park for the last couple of years. Everything they touch seems to be gold. So I will wait until it's out. But, yeah, I'm not, not impressed so far. There's just something about this game which is so ludicrously stupid that I'm weirdly hyped for it. It just looks janky and off. And everything about it doesn't make any sense to the sheeny, shiny games that Capcom tends to produce. It feels like such a throwback. It's like a PS3 game that they found in the trash and have just decided <laughs> to release. Yeah. I mean, it's coming to Game Pass, so everybody can give it a go. I, I kind of fancy giving this one a try. This looks fun in a dumb kind of way. Dragon's Dogma 2. Dragon's Dogma 2, all right. So, I mean, look, Dragon's Dogma 1, by all accounts, is an incredible game. Uh, sadly, it's one I fell off a few times. I, I've tried to get into it. I haven't yet, but I have a lot of respect for it. Uh, look, this looks really fun. Um, you know, the, the scope of the magic and stuff, the spells looks really great. That's kind of one of the, the hallmarks of the first one. Uh, it's got this pawn system back where the characters who come with you are like almost like really advanced AI companions who do a lot of strange stuff. Apparently the system in the first game is one of the best companion systems in any game, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing them make that even better, but I just don't have a lot of detail beyond that, sadly. I mean, fake co-op experiences for grumpy loners is all I Love want it. for modern yeah. gaming at this point. <laughs> that, that's all I need. Just make keep making co-op games I can play on my own and I won't notice. Dragon's Dogma, similar to Exoprime, it just has that kind of old-school jank to it, which I kind of enjoy. They feel like games from a different era, and I'm pretty hyped to give this a go when it eventually comes out. Could be whenever. Capcom overall summary. Yeah, look, right, Capcom don't really do E3. You know, we covered them because they're a big publisher, but they, they they don't try and make this a big showcase. So with that in mind, I thought this was pretty cool. You know, we got updates on some stuff that is a bit far away. Ghost Trick obviously is out soon, but it's good to see more of that. Great to see Apollo Justice coming out. Uh, they showed an adorable little 40th anniversary digital theme park they've made online where you can like <laughs> play some classic games. You can take part in elections about Capcom characters. Just lovely stuff. It's got loads of concept art like from really old stuff, like really cool concept art about how stuff was made. That's really nice. Yeah, you know, for, for Capcom standards, this was this was nice. Yeah, usually the Capcom showcase is a bit of a downer, but I actually thought this was a pretty good show. It moved along at a decent clip. It wasn't filled with too much weird shit. They did do an entire advert for the Capcom ID email sign-up, which felt a little bit of a waste of time. <laughs> but the rest of it was pretty good. You know, there's cool games coming out. Capcom is on a heck of a tear. I imagine most of these will end up being fantastic. Xbox Fable. 
All right, Fable. I, I think this looks so good. I'm really excited about Fable coming back. I thought this trailer nailed it. Um, really funny spot with Richard Ayoade um, playing a giant who ends up in a big fight with the uh, the playable the player character. Uh, there was a lot of... When I first watched it, I was disappointed because Xbox had said they were going to show loads of gameplay and this didn't really feel like gameplay. But on repeated watches, there's a hell of a lot more gameplay in this thing than you think. That, that whole thing with the Richard Ayoade giant is definitely a set piece. There's a tiny bit of combat shown too. I, I think this is going to absolutely kick ass. And Playground are great, so yeah. I mean, as somebody who is a noted Fable hater, this did the almost impossible of making me quite excited for it. I actually think the sense of humour in this game is good. Past Fable games were not funny in any single way, but this actually was. My only slight worry is that the entire theme of the trailer is that the hero is a fucking asshole and you're going to identify with Ayoade. How will that work when you have to be the hero? I'm not entirely certain if they thought that through, but we'll see. Maybe it'll be fantastic. South of Midnight. Salva Midnight. Okay, so this is uh, this is a new release from Compulsion Games, who uh, who made that game. I forgot the name of. I'm sure you'll fill it in later, which uh, was kind of cool, but didn't quite deliver. Uh, look, great trailer for this, but we don't know a lot about it yet. Um, you know, it was it was there was good vibes from it. I'm, I'm, it's nice to see what they're you know that they're making something new. We happy few, Josh. That's the game. That's the thing they made. <laughs> that looked cool, but didn't quite deliver. Uh, hopefully, this does. Yeah, exactly. We Happy Few had all the tenants that this one did, a great art style, a cool setting, and everybody thought it was going to be fantastic, and then it just absolutely sucked. So hopefully this doesn't follow that trend and is actually a much better game. I probably was the only person on the entire planet who saw a skeleton plucking away at a banjo and for a brief second thought to myself, oh my god, they're making a sequel to the Sega Saturn game, Mr. Bones. Well, I was right to say, it isn't Mr. Bones 2, but this might just 33 Immortals. <laughs> 33 Immortals. Okay, this is from the team who made uh, Spirit Fairer, which was a, a really well received game that didn't quite do it for me, but, you know, a lot of respect for it. A lot of people liked it. Uh, this is a 33 player cooperative roguelike, which is a very ambitious idea. I'll give them that. Um, I'm not sure how this is going to work. It feels strange playing a 33 player co op game because surely people are just going to drop out of that. Um, but, you know, they, they showed some gameplay footage of this on the X Xbox Extended Showcase. Uh, they had uh, Phil Spencer playing it with them. And it did look really cool. It looked enjoyable. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I watched that Extended Showcase. I like how they, they got the name due to Dante's Inferno and the breakup of all the chapters within that stealth sequel to Dante's Inferno, guys. Here it is. But actually, but this looks fine. Like The art style's great. The combat looks good. It is a roguelike, so I'm not actually going to ever play it. But... You know, if, if this comes together and if you can find an audience and it can fill out those servers, then this actually could be something quite exciting. A lot of ifs, though, to come together yeah. for this to be and good. And obviously Game Pass 2, which is good, so yeah. Payday 3. Payday 3. This is more Payday. A lot of people like Payday, um, so that's good. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm just not one for these heist games. I just find them a bit dull. You know, I'm. I, it's just not my style, but... It looks like a big improvement on Payday 2. Uh, we, we played a bit of that for Beat the Sheet at one point, and, uh, you know, it was, it was well, it was from a smaller team, I, I imagine, than this is. And, uh, yeah, the gunplay looks improved. This looks more up-to-date with kind of modern AAA sensibilities for gunplay and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll do well. I mean, again, this is another day one Game Pass, uh, September 21st. I think this will be huge for Game Pass. Yeah, I mean, I always think it's smart launching multiplayer games into these sort of services because you instantly have an audience. Payday 3 comes with a lot more expectation than any Payday game has had before it. Whether it will be able to live up to those expectations will be interesting. As you say, co-op heist games, not entirely my thing, though I do think Payday has the biggest sense of style and character to it than any of these do. Might be worth a play, it's coming into the service anyway. Persona 3 Reloaded. 
All right, Persona Three Reloaded. So this is this is basically Persona Three getting the Persona Five treatment. This looks this looks awesome. I'm really excited for it. I, I'm glad I didn't get round to playing Persona Three Portable because now I can just play this one, which is great. Uh, it's got all of the stuff you love from like Persona Five. I mean, the UI is again best in the entire business, best in the industry. Looks absolutely amazing. So stylish, so cool. Uh, yeah, I'm just really excited. And this is a fantastic day one Game Pass get. Like Microsoft is getting some really cool stuff these days for Game Pass. And uh, yeah, this is this is one of them. As somebody who did play Persona 3 Portable, fuck you, Atlas. Thank you for that. <laughs> really appreciate it. Look, I'm glad this is getting a remaster because, let's be honest, the game is trapped on consoles where you cannot afford to buy it. So it's nice that it's actually going to be available. I hope they do try to actually improve the game, though, and that this isn't just a straight port, that they actually take some time to improve the social links and the activities because Persona 3 was quite bare-bones in comparison to what we had before. More can be done to improve it. Avowed! Avowed, okay, so Avowed is back. Um, things have changed a bit with Avowed. You know, it was originally uh, pitched as as maybe a Skyrim-scale game from Obsidian, had a lot of people really excited. Uh, they've kind of scaled it back a bit. You know, the, the art style is maybe a little bit more cartoony. It's not too much, but a little bit. Um, and they've also said this is going to be more um, in the scope of the outer worlds rather than Skyrim now, so you're probably looking more like a 20-hour um rpg type game i don't know man i'm happy with that i think i think this looked like a lot of fun um i enjoy that kind of again like first person magic-y combat and i quite like the idea of games that they, they feel this epic in scope but actually are only about 15 hours long it's actually quite nice so i don't know i'm good with this yeah i mean obsidian make good rpgs so the chances are this will be a good rpg set in the pillars of eternity universe for all you yeah. pillars of eternity fans you can get on board with that i, I did think this was the strongest gameplay reveal for this i thought it looked a little bit on the basic side but i think by the time it actually gets released it'll come together and be a much more enjoyable experience sea of thieves the legend of monkey island all right, yeah, so this is out in July. Um, you know, it just about sneaks in on our rule of uh, not already released games because it looks like quite a substantial expansion. Uh, you know, they're doing three episodes based on Monkey Island. Um, and apparently they're going to try and get some of the, the point-and-click type approach of those games into the Sea of Thieves world in some way, which sounds insane, but, you know, God bless them, they can give it a try. It sounds uh, it sounds cool. I mean, I, I won't be playing it myself. I'm not a massive Monkey Island guy, and I, I'm not a massive Sea of Thieves guy, but it's a really fun collaboration. So, yeah, nice. Uh I am. I kind of admire we're working backwards to actually almost get me interested in the Sea of Thieves game because each expansion they do brings me closer and closer to actually booting it up. I, I still don't <laughs> think I will, but this is by far the smartest and most logical promotional tie-in they've had so far. And if they can manage to meld the two worlds and the two gameplay styles, this could be a real treat for fans of both. So definitely one to keep an eye on. Flight Simulator 2024. Yeah, so Microsoft Flight Simulator is back, but now you can do a ton of jobs. I mean, just a ton of jobs. I listed a few here, but it's just anything. You can be a rescue pilot. You can do hot air balloon tours, fire rescue, cargo transport, air racing, scientific research. Just a bunch of mad, weird jobs that you can now do in a plane. Uh, look, the detail in, in these Flight Sim games is actually insane. It's some of the you know, most insane detail from any video game in the world. Uh, I, don't look, I don't think I'll be playing it myself because it's just a little you know slow it's just not for me look but yeah i'm sure this is going to be incredible yeah i actually think adding a little bit more structure to flight simulator kind of makes sense and you know these sort of jobs will give you more things to do and things to try out and try different forms of air transport i, th I think it's a smart update which could definitely be a, you know really looked forward to for fans I, I still don't see myself ever booting this up it's, it just feels a little bit too much like work for me yeah send you a sacrifice hell hellblade boo 
<laughs> Hellblade. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as we all know, you're not a fan of Hellblade. I quite liked the first one. I thought it was, uh, you know, it was a good enough game. Uh, it was very impressive as obviously like an audio and a visual kind of showcase. Um, I just don't know about this, man. I thought this trailer was really weak. Uh, the one they showed last year looked incredible and kind of showed some action scenes. There was some combat with this big golem. This was just a bit... Just a bunch of hazy nonsense, to be honest. I, I it actually quite irritated me that after another year that like we're almost seeing less of the game. Like I, I don't know. This one left me, uh, yeah, bad taste in my mouth from this one. Yeah, it's just a steaming pile of shit into this franchise. I hate the audience. <laughs> I, I hate the performance of the lead actress. I hate the stupid smug attitude of the developers. I hate that it's still not managed to come out despite feeling like it's being worked on forever. The past game had a dreadful story and dreadful audio, although people loved it, and the combat was awful. This one seems to be doubling down on the combat. This game is going to suck so hard. Like a dragon, infinite wealth. Wow, that might that might this might be the biggest tonal shift for you in history to go from Hellblade to Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Uh, look, this was just a quick, silly trailer for the next game in the uh, Yakuza franchise. Obviously, it's now known as Like a Dragon. This is Like a Dragon Eight. Apparently, this is the next game. Um, the trailer was literally just the lead character naked on a beach, and it was just played up for laughs. And yeah, no nuts. Great, perfect Sega. Good job. Yeah, but the trailer's so good. It got about three laughs out of me out of the exact same joke. That's how good these people are <laughs> out of writing these sort of ridiculous, zany scenarios. The big news for Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is that the, clearly the game is moving to Hawaii. A change of setting, a change of audience, a change of people for Ichiban to be interacting with. I think this could actually be quite a smart transfer because Hawaii does share a lot of Japanese influence. So there's actually... Mm. A lot to be said for this one. I think if you were ever going to transplant this game out of Japan, this was the place to do it in. Really excited to play it. Never will be able to. Forza Motorsport. Forza Motorsport. Yeah, okay. So this got release date, October 10th, 2023. This is, of course, a day one Game Pass game as well. Uh, look, I mean, Forza's great, right? It's going to be great. Uh, I'm much more of a Horizon guy. I just like that open world vibe. Uh, I will play Motorsport, but probably not for too long. Uh, trailer was a bit frustrating. They spent kind of five minutes kind of just sucking off General Motors and the Corvette as a car before they actually got to some gameplay. But the gameplay looked beautiful. I'm sure it'll control absolutely perfectly. Uh, you know, look, it's going to be the exact game it needs to be. I, I, that's all I can really say. Yeah, I, I watched a 10-minute gameplay trailer for this about the career mode, which they posted on YouTube after the showcase. And this actually does seem to have a nice little structure to it. It's trying to play more on upgrades and lots of different competitions and endless content being added to it. Force is a great racing series. In many ways, it's better than Gran Turismo. So you know it's going to be good. It's going to be a graphical showcase of nothing else. 4K60, God damn it! Persona 5 Tactica. Ah, yeah, this is going to be some good stuff, man. Uh, yeah, so this is November 17th, also day one Game Pass. Again, great little collaboration between Microsoft and uh, Sega and Atlas to get these in Game Pass. Uh, look, it's it's Persona 5 characters in a kind of Fire Emblem tactics game. Yes, please. I'll take that. I will, I will take any excuse for some Persona 5 characters um, at all times. So, yeah, I will be playing this on November 17th. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking back in with my buddies. There's no doubt about that. Any excuse to hang out with those guys, I will gladly take. I think making this a strategy game is actually quite smart because Atlas does have a storied history within that genre, so you'd think they'd be able to do quite a lot with it. And from the brief kind of gameplay that they did show, it seemed to have a lot of that Persona flavor hidden within it into that sort of turn-based kind of battle system as well. Looks really good. Really looking forward to seeing this. Not entirely sold on the chibi art style, but I'll get used to it within all the five seconds once I'm, you know, handing out with Joker and Co. Yeah. Juicent. 
Juicehunt. Okay, so this is a, another game by Don't Nod. Uh, this is a, it seems like basically just a game about climbing a big, big hill. Just going to climb this big mountain, <laughs> get to some lighthouse that's on the on the top of the mountain. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, it, it looked it, like the visual style was really nice. It, had, like, it was cartoony, but had, like, really intense, warm color palette to it. Uh, I thought that was really visually interesting. Uh, they showed a lot of varied environments in the climbing, like storms and, and snowy bits and lots of, lots of different stuff going on. But all of it was still just climbing. So I'm a little... I don't know, you know, they're trying the best to vary the climbing, but is the game just climbing a hill? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, climbing in video games is a fun mechanic and it has a lot more jeopardy than it really should do considering, you know, it's a video game and it, you're not actually going to fall to your death. I, I think this game looks interesting. I'm slightly intrigued by how they're going to meld these environments together. I was kind of hoping it was going to be just one big hill, but I'm starting to wonder if it's like five or six smaller hills. How the actual structure of this plays out will be interesting. Once keep an eye on coming to Game Pass, still wakes the deep. Still wakes the deep. Okay, so this is a narrative horror game for coming from the uh, the Chinese room. Uh, you know, it's like one of those spooky things going on in space games, except for it's on an oil rig instead. Basically, you know, it's very quiet. It's very isolated. You're on the rigs. Um, I don't know. It could be good. I mean, Chinese room have a, like a lot of pedigree for these kind of games. They're a bit of a blind spot for me. Um, I didn't play like Diaresta or Everybody's Gone to the Rapture or some of their their big games. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I imagine it'll be pretty cool. Uh, also, day one game pass. So yeah, that's that's another good get. Yeah, the Chinese room make good narrative experiences, and this certainly looks like an intriguing one. Certainly got more of a horror vibe than their past titles. I'm, I'm certainly excited to it. The most enjoyable thing about this entire minute has been that we clearly spent far too much time with each other because the only note I made for this game is what happened to these people in space, except now it's at sea. So <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> that's all I had, and that's all you had going yeah. to Game Pass. Dungeons of Hinterberg. All right, Dungeons and Hinterberg. I actually, this is one of my picks of the Xbox show, man. I thought this looked really cool. Incredible visual style to it. It's like a, you know, it's very comic book, but everything looks hand-drawn and scratchy. And, oh, I don't know, it just looked great. Uh, it looks really varied in terms of the gameplay. There were scenes of you kind of skating around, going on zip lines. Then it would almost cut to like an isometric view for some puzzles. Then there'd be some side-scrolling action. There'd be some 3D, like full 3D game sections. I don't know, it looks like it's doing a lot of stuff, um, but... I thought it looked really cool. Uh, it's from a, a really small team called Microbird Games, who are, are pretty unproven at this point, but I, this has a lot of potential. It's interesting you say that, because obviously I have an eye for an indie game as much as the next guy, and yet I've seen this trailer three times, and I can't remember too much about it. It's not ever really struck or clicked with me, so if absolutely nothing else, the first thing I'm going to do after we finish this podcast is watch it for the next time and see just what it is you're spotting that I aren't, because this seems fairly unremarkable to me, but clearly there's something there. So yeah, want to keep an eye on coming to Game Pass, if nothing else. Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. Yeah, another one of those, uh, you know, DLC things that have had to sneak into the show, uh, you know, against the rules because, you know, Cyberpunk have just gone out and changed the whole bloody game. This is this is, this is a crazy, crazy update that's going on here. Uh, I'm going to cut to you. I think you have more details on it, but it sounds like they are just revamping all of Cyberpunk. Yeah, basically every single system of the original Cyberpunk game is being this deal. You don't even need to download the DLC to get the revamp. It's coming as a free update. So skill trees, uh, you know, hacking everything, even some of the combat, everything about it is being updated. And then you've got this DLC on top of that, which Keanu Reeves delightfully described in the extended showcase as the CD underbelly of the CD underbelly in Dogtown, as he Dog could Town. pronounce so much better than yeah. I ever could. <laughs> I, I think this looks really great. I've been wanting to play Cyberpunk for a long time now, and I, I don't know what more CD Projekt Red can do to make it up to 
me for the state it launched in. Maybe this year is finally the year I do it. City Skylines 2. All right, yeah, so this is also Day 1 Game Pass, October 24th. Uh, look, this looks nice. Uh, city Skylines 1 was a, a really good city builder. You know, it's kind of one of those ones where you have a bit more of an, an overview of the city. Uh, like you're designing, you're setting up districts for like industries and education. You're setting up kind of the city, how the city runs, not just putting buildings on the ground kind of thing. And it was really cool. Um, this looks like, you know, an incremental update. You know, it's, it's obviously it looks nicer. Maybe you can get a bit more ground level on what you're doing. Didn't massively excite me in terms of new features, um, but you know I think for fans of these types of games, they, they usually you know they're just happy to get an updated game. Yeah, I mean the trailers for these things were always very different to the lived experience where you're booted up for all of five hours and all you have is residents shitting in the street because you forgot to put any plumbing in. That's what these games always are to me, and that's what this would be where to give it a go. Coming to Game Pass though, which is cool, and if it still has that free public access radio station, which I adored off the first game, I'll be in just for that. Metaphor Refantazio. Yeah, this looks cool. This was a really interesting thing to put on the Xbox Showcase. This is uh, a weird Atlas game from the makers of Persona 3, 4, and 5. And yeah, it shares a lot of that Persona DNA. You know, I, I saw some of the combat looked similar. It's got your social link type stuff. Um, the world traversal looked a lot more advanced than a Persona game. There was some skating around the city. There was a bit on some sort of mech robot going around. There was a lot more kind of traveling in, in yeah, like interesting varied areas in that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, this trailer was mad. It just it just would not stop. It was just constant information overload, but I, I'm excited. I'm sure it's going to be cool. Yeah, this game's going to be real good. And it's a total sensory overload of a trailer. I can barely keep up with what's going on watching it five or six times. But it certainly captures a lot of that Persona feel, captures a lot of that Shimagami Tensei feel as well. And a lovely throwback to the days when Atlas would just create new IP. Atlas used to be so damn good for this back in the day, and it's kind of nice to see them return into that. Really excited to see where they go with this. Towerborn. All right, Towerborn. This is by uh, Stoic, who made the Banner Saga games. Uh, this is also coming day one Game Pass as well in 2024. Uh, this looks cool. It's like a cel-shaded kind of co-op hack-and-slash type uh, action-adventure game. But then also you have a kind of central city that you're building up and you're kind of, um, you know, it's a level of not tower defense, but kind of survival stuff going on there. Uh, apparently the world of this is going to be kind of live and it's they're going to add content and change what's happening over time, which could be interesting. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, these guys are a talented studio and they just they make the games that they want to make. And, and I like that. So, yeah, it, it could be cool. I mean, I give them absolute credit for a complete total shift from the Banner Saga, which was a really well-written narrative video game. This is, of course, a lot more action-focused. Whether they'll be able to do that successfully, I'm not entirely certain, but I've certainly got my fingers crossed for them because I always admire any indie studio that doesn't just, you know, rest on past glories and is trying something new. Yeah, I hope Towerborn comes out good. Coming to Game Pass, so I won't need to pay to find out. Clockwork Revolution. Clockwork Revolution. I, I thought this looked really cool, man. Uh, this is uh, a kind of steampunk, Bioshock Infinite looking world, um, but it's by InXile, so this is going to be a deep RPG kind of game full of systems and all kinds of nonsense. Uh, it does look like it has FPS combat too, so it'll be interesting to see how they can kind of blend that in. Um, but yeah, InXile have a lot of pedigree for really, really good stuff uh, that usually falls out of my normal uh, comfort zone for gaming. It's usually a bit too deep for me. So I, I don't know. I think this looks really fun. Obviously, we don't know when it's coming out. They did have that thing of coming in due time, but there's some real potential here. 
Yeah, I think the art style is certainly interesting. At first, I did think it was a Bioshock game, such as the similarities between the two. As you mentioned, in Exile, aren't really known for making the games for a more mainstream audience. So I'm fascinated to see how they've either pared down their style or are just going to drag me kicking and screaming to come to terms with it. Either way, it's going to be a good time. One to keep an eye on, but I think we'll be keeping an eye on it for a pretty long while. Garfield. <laughs> Why did you just say Garfield? I said Starfield. Oh, I like you said Garfield. Should we just review Garfield? <laughs> Shall we just pop off Starfield? Let's just review, just yeah, Starfield, Starfield. deserves time. Talk about, what do you think about Garfield, Josh? I, I think he's a fun cat. He doesn't like Mondays, but he's fun. <laughs> I don't have any problems with Garfield. I played Garfield Cart Race, I think, recently. Yeah. Oh, it's okay, you know. He's Garfield's all right. It's fine. Have you got 30 seconds if you did want to talk about Starfield? Yeah, you know, look, Starfield looks all right. It's going to be a big, mad space game. Thousand planets, incredible level of detail. Doesn't look like it has that level of jank you used to get from Bethesda games. Looks like really polished that down. Very impressive. I think this is going to actually be fantastic. And I think even you're excited to play it, which is mad considering it's a Bethesda game. It's not Garfield, but it is something. Yeah, if Bethesda can actually pull this off, this could be a game of the year contender. And if nothing else, we'll always have Garfield. Overall show summary, Xbox. Yeah, you know, I thought Xbox had a great show this year, Josh. Um, I think, you know, when I was watching it, there was kind of maybe certain bits, like I said, like the Hellblade one that, that didn't quite sit with me. But I think this is a really strong show and Fable looked great. They've got these, you know, Persona games coming at Game Pass, which is great. Falls have finally got a release date. I mean, that mad metaphor came from Atlas, Clockwork Revolution. I don't know. It's really good. And then Garfield. So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a dense showcase, isn't it? It's packed full of loads of games covering loads of different genres. After the pretty one-two disappointment punch of the PlayStation Showcase and Summer Games Fest, it was nice of Microsoft to come in and actually remind us that gaming can be fun. Certainly, if Microsoft could finally deliver on a slate of games they've announced and actually produce something that isn't a 6 out of 10, then we could be finally getting the benefit of all these studio acquisitions, which it felt like they would never come. So yeah, kudos yeah. to MS. This is a good showcase. Yeah, I agree. And that's it. There we go. We've done it. We've done the lightning round. That was uh, that was quite an effort. I feel, I feel like when we used to do these lightning rounds, it would be uh, you know one one conference at a time. So to to kind of hit up four in a row was uh was somewhat exhausting. But you know, once we got over the summer game fest hump, I thought it went quite smoothly. Yeah, you know, pretty enjoyable time. Really looking forward to listening to this back and seeing if I did actually say Garfield. <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> Who <Yeah>. knows? <laughs> like, like, listeners, feel free to let me know, was I wrong? I don't know. I, I don't know if it was like a little audio blip or something, but it was so clearly Garfield that I just I got completely stuck. And of course, we're going to stick with it, as is the rules of the lightning round. You can't redo them, in it? So yeah, there's 30 seconds of Garfield, 30 seconds of Starfield, as it was always meant to be. Exactly. We'll throw up a Twitter poll. Give us a vote. Was it Starfield? Was it Garfield? You know, we, the, the wisdom of crowds will let us know. You know, they'll be excited to see. Excited I mean, to the, see. Real, the real question and the exciting thing to think about now, Josh, is do I, do I call this episode something about the actual Summer Games Fest and Xbox Showcase lightning round, you know, for that, get that SEO going? Or do I just call it Starfield or Garfield? <laughs> Clearly you call it Starfield or Garfield. <laughs> well, what else would it be called? <laughs> well there you go well i mean that is the end of uh of the sheet episode one starfield or garfield so uh yeah thanks for joining us and uh yeah as i said at the top of the show uh you know the best way to keep up to date with what we're going to be doing next and what's coming up is to follow us on twitter at beat the sheet uh as soon as we lock in an idea on what's going to be on the next show it will be posted there so do check that out 
Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at beattheshippodcast at gmail.com. So yeah, any any comments on the showcases, any comments on Starfield or Garfield, would really like to hear about that. Uh, so yeah, do feel free to get in touch. All right, but until next time, I'm Andy Wood. And I'm Josh Stevenson. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>